Good okay. morning. Good morning. Good morning. Why do you have an accent now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's the pressure is on. Now that um, we're recording. It's Thursday morning on February sixteenth. <laughs> Why are you putting a timestamp on it? I don't know. <laughs> you said this is gonna come out in like a month and yeah. people are gonna <laughs> I'm just gaslighting people. No, that's so funny. You just start lying about dates. Yeah, like it's actually twenty two. We're recording this uh three years ago, so this three is the archive episode. Three years ago today they went missing. What was it was February of twenty twenty, so that's that's before COVID. And now we're here to find the truth. Or before yeah. COVID affected the school I was in. I yeah. don't want to say before COVID because COVID was definitely happening at yeah, the time. Instead of before Christ. Yeah. He's before COVID. <laughs> exactly. The before times. The before times. Um, how are you, Emily? What have you been up to? I am pretty good i have been up to school yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I, don't, school. I don't know just like uh applying to internships you're uh, so proactive uh just stressed i like don't want all the yeah. good ones to be taken you know like it i don't want to like apply too late like so many things have already had deadlines Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm applying for stuff in the summer, and the deadline was before this semester started. It's like I, yeah. I can't think that far ahead. <laughs> I, I need, I need it to be like okay, it's due a week before the thing starts. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I, I understand that they have like need time to whittle things down. You know, I've never done an internship in my life, and I, f- I feel like I'm behind. I don't know. I think like in some fields it's like you have to have internships and then others it's just like practical experience like Mm. even if you haven't had an internship like if you've worked with something that's related or if your courses were really good and taught you the skills you know like I, I don't know I feel like some stuff is like like with the prairie dogs, you know, I didn't learn a lot of that until I got out there like the only way you learn it is by doing it or other stuff is like easier to it's not easier to do, it's just, like, easier to put in a classroom setting. Like, you couldn't mm-hmm. just put a bunch of prairie dogs in a lecture hall and be like, all right, guys, catch them. I don't know, dog. <laughs> what about that bird class you're taking that makes you go out into the swamp at night? Does the podcast know about that yet? I or talked talk about, about that off? Oh, I don't know. I thought we talked about it on. Anyway, I had a bird field trip on <laughs> friday and it's a class it's a whole class when you sent me that picture of the bird clutched in your hand i showed it to everybody at my work and was like why the fuck is she in the woods at night for a class it was pitch black dude that's we were away from civilization down a private road on like a marsh right on the beach like pitch black out there i had a headlamp on and like a spotlight in my hand and even then i could see like nothing that wasn't like exactly where the flashlight was pointing Mm -hmm. and it was so cold it was already like 40 degrees out which isn't that bad like i was bundled up but the wind was going 22 miles per hour and we were Mm -hmm. walking into it for a lot of it and 
I was soaking wet. <laughs> so I was, my boots were full of water. Like I couldn't feel my feet. That <laughs> sounds like torture. It was so much fun though. But also I think it was fun. Bird picture. It was worth it to like face. hold that bird. That was a it's yellow ram. So aggressive. The way it's like clutched in your hand. Yeah, you have to make, you're not like squeezing them, but you pretty much just make like a little rib cage that they can't mm-hmm. get out of. And so it like they just sit there like they have a vest on <laughs> you gotta you gotta post this in the discord after this episode airs that picture oh yeah of you with the bird or even just the close-up of the bird in your hand <laughs> emily has the coolest life y'all whenever i'm talking to anybody about the podcast i'm like yeah like i do it with my cousin and she's also the coolest person i've ever <laughs> met like <laughs> i just i just go places I just um, gas you up to anyone who will listen. Well, thank you. Because, dude, the... Oh, what were we... We were talking about... It was... I think it was to my new friend at work who listens to the podcast. Um, we were talking about my birthday plans and, like, who Peace. was coming and stuff. Goodbye, Adam. Max says and, goodbye. Like, who was coming and stuff. And I was like, yeah, my cousin is coming. The one with the prairie dogs. And she was like, I'm sorry, What? <laughs> And, like, I forgot that, like, because when, th- when that was happening and you were sending me pictures, like, hi, Adam. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Pennywise. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't like that. That's pretty smooth. That was. It looked like you were on a track. But no, yeah. No, yeah. Anyway. What what else has happened? Um, hmm. I'm trying to like reflect. It's been a fast morning. I haven't had like brain wake up time. Mm-hmm. Sorry for all the door noises. It's, it's fine. The <laughs> microphone is a condenser. She'll cut it out. Um. Hmm. I don't have another bird field trip too soon. It's like in two weeks. You'll have to tell us. You have to keep the podcast updated about the the birds. All the birds I catch. Yeah. I like when we get to hold them. <laughs> In your little hand. They're so fun. Oh They're like God. so warm. It was freezing out there and I'm like holding this warm little thing. I'm like, I'm probably taking all of its warmth. I'm like, he's going to be cold Your hands cold are now. freezing. The bird gets pneumonia. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to make him cold. Can birds get pneumonia? Um... That's a good question. They have lungs, but they work different than ours do. Mm. They have That's air the sacs. That's the title of this episode. They, <laughs> they have, have lungs. lungs. They have air sacs. There it is. That's a <laughs> Their lungs, you know, like how ours contract and expand? Mm-hmm. Theirs don't do that. Mm-hmm. They move their sternum in and out and fill these air sacs that contract and expand. But their lungs are just like a reservoir. They're not the, like... There's no diaphragm and lung movement. Hmm. You know so much. I'm just in a bird class. <laughs> you know so much about birds. That's insane. What a fun thing to know. It's pretty fun. I have a bird. This is like the Bible to me now. For those who can't see me, it's the National Geographic Field Guide to Birds of North America. It's got an eagle on the front. Yeah, the trash bird. <laughs> okay what a great like it it represents america well they eat trash mm-hmm. and when you hear an eagle call in a movie it's not an eagle call so they're a liar too 
Great bird oh. for America. Wow. Liars who eat garbage. Exactly. Eagles. That's the name of this week's episode. <laughs> They're cute, though. Like, I'm not getting them too much, but... Mm-mm. No, you can hate them. Um, all that's happened to me this week is... Well, I did get into grad school. I told Emily that before the podcast started. Ooh. I'm in grad school now. Well, I I've got, I have to do, like, the paperwork shit, but application was submit. That's um, so exciting. That's so cool. It's great. I'm excited. And I watched all of Over the Hedge on Twitter <laughs> last night. Um, don't know if that popped up on your Twitter feed. I thought it was a scene from Over the Hedge at first. And I started watching it. And I was like, huh, this bar at the bottom is moving really slow. And then I realized it was the entirety of Over the Hedge. Someone just so- posted so yesterday like in between my day i would just sneak away and watch like a few minutes of over the hedge and then go back to my life and then come back to over the hedge that's so good it was such a good movie over the hedge slaps (laughs) it slaps that movie so good for no fucking reason who gave them the right the naked turtle oh my god his whole butt RJ, love that man, but he was a con artist. Yeah, true. And Steve Carell voiced the the squirrel, like the crazy oh. one. And I was like, hmm, did they speed up his voice or did he just talk that fast? And I Googled it and I found this interview with him and Steve Carell is the funniest man. Like, they were like, so how did you come up with the voice of Hammy? And he was like, you know, I'm a method actor. So I just listened to all of the the hyperactive squirrels in my life, and they all used that same pitch in their voice. I was like, Steve. You talked to ap- squirrels. <laughs> and apparently at one point they needed an extra line for him, so they showed up on the set of The Office, and he's in the middle of the stage dressed as Michael Scott, suit and tie, doing the hammy voice. What? That's so good. That's great. like some of those things that, like, that's just a fever dream. Someone made that yeah. up, but then it just really happened. Anyway, should we start? I'm, d- I'm down to jump in. What time is it? It is 10:29. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. Hope hope hopefully we we get we get done in time, but if not, we'll have to adjust. Yeah, that's fine. This is a very bad day for me to have a long story. Oh no, mine's like on the shorter side, so maybe it'll cancel out. Y'all, I got so into this story. For no reason. What's your topic? True crime. Oh, no. And it's crazy. It's crazy. And then I I was, like, doing my research, and it was all, like, kind of basic information, but this case is very difficult to find information for one part of it. It's kind of weird. And then I found this New Yorker article the holy grail it, <laughs> it was so long and so good anyway um i would offer you a guess but i'm not gonna tell you if you're right so oh. well i mean would you like to guess i mean we can hop right in might save us a couple minutes on the back end so you're not late <laughs> to work well this story does have a prologue 
Okay. Um, so I'll be giving you a prologue first. Fun. Um, are you familiar with Nicholas Barclay? That Barclay, like, the name sounds familiar. I can't tell you what happens. It was a, he's a kid who went missing in Texas in 1994. This okay. is not the case. Okay, this is just the prologue. This is the prologue. The case before the, the case. case. So, in 1994, Nicholas Barclay is 13 years old, and he lives in San Antonio, Texas. And he goes missing after he goes to play a basketball game with his friends in the neighborhood park. And he, it, it's a whole thing. Um, his family actually doesn't notice at first. Aww. Or at least they don't call the police because they so think nicholas, he's at the park well nicholas was troubled so he was like unpredictable and violent and had already commit like a few crimes mm-hmm. as a child and the thing was that he had a court appearance scheduled for the next day to see if he was going to go to juvie okay so they, so they were like stitching they were like oh he ran away duh okay. but it was kind of like that parental assumption of like, oh, he ran away, but he's going to be back because he has $5 in his pocket and no clothes and nothing. Like, he has yeah. to come back. Um, but when he didn't, after a day, then his parents file a missing persons report. Okay. Um, and the family and the police deduce that he is, like, fully missing um, they, I mean, with $5, he couldn't have gotten a ticket anywhere, so he would have had to either walk or hitchhike. Um, there was no way to track him, no credit cards, no phone, no vehicle. Like, this kid essentially just vanished into thin air. Okay. Um, and eventually days bleed into weeks, which bleed into months, which Jeez. bleed into years. Ugh. There is not a single lead on this kid except for... Three months after his disappearance, uh, the police get a call from Nicholas's uncle. This guy's name is Jason, Uncle Jason. Okay. Um, and according to Jason, he'd seen Nicholas trying to break into his garage. But oh. by the time the police showed up, Nicholas was gone. Yeah. Thin air again. So, a dead end. The case is cold for three full years. And then they get a phone call that Nicholas had been found lost, scared, in the middle of a village in Spain. Oh my god. Yeah. That was the prologue. Okay. <laughs> um, so. Is this... I just have to ask because I was just sent an article about this where they find the kid, but then it's not the kid. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. It's one of these. We'll get there. The fact that it's happened. Multiple times. If I had times. a nickel for every time that <laughs> happened. <laughs> so the family gets this phone call that he'd been found in a small spanish village so what happened was he was actually found at a train station and then the the spanish police brought him to a youth shelter um because he was not talking he was completely mute 
Um, he wasn't giving up his identity, and it took them weeks before they were finally able to identify him um, through a photo in the missing persons registry. Okay. But, like, they knew it was Nicholas because he had the same tattoos, because oh. Nicholas was 13 with tattoos, and they had, it was three separate tattoos, and all of them matched. Um, so, like, they, they figured out who he was, like, physically. He didn't tell them. Okay. His sister flies out to Spain and confirms his identity. Wow. Like, that this is Nicholas and that she is bringing him home. Because eventually he did start kind of talking a little bit, and all he really said was that he wanted to go home. Okay. It was really sad. Yeah, that's so sad. Um, And his parents welcome home a, quote, terrified, stiff, and strange teenager that their child has grown into. Whoa. Yeah. So obviously this draws in a slew of reporters and investigators who are all interrogating this family. Um, They make national news because it's crazy that you find a missing kid after three years. Yeah. Like the the time cutoff is pretty Mm -hmm. steep for finding people. And the... The story was that he was kidnapped on his way home from the basketball game and that he'd been put on a plane, flown to Europe, um, and then he was forced into child sex trafficking. Oh. In Spain. Jeez. By his kidnappers. Um, he had managed to escape while they were in Spain um, and found the local authorities and et cetera, et cetera. And they believed his story, which that alone is a miracle. Um, and contacted the San Antonio police, et cetera, et cetera. However, Nicholas was really different. I can imagine. So yeah. So when he went missing, he had this terrible temper. He had an attitude problem. He was all around loud, unruly, violent. Like, and now he's subdued. He's quiet. He's traumatized. Yeah. One report said he was, quote, eerily calm. And that made people uncomfortable. I like, I, I feel like people who have been through like a really hard situation are often. Like, eerily calm is a, a term mm-hmm. that I've heard before for that. And it's like, like it's, shock. Yeah, you're just, like, perpetually in a, like, setback state. Like, you're you're just mm-hmm. observing what's happening. You're not really, like, in it. You're just kind of letting things happen around you. Yeah. Kind of, like, setback state of mind. But this goes on for three months. Where Jeez. he's being interviewed by police and journalists. Like, it's, it's really intense. And... A private investigator gets involved. Okay. The private investigator's name is Charlie Parker. Um, and Charlie becomes kind of annoying, low-key. <laughs> like, he, because he doesn't have the same um, restrictions as, like, the police and stuff, he kind of gets overly involved, like, oh. showing up at their house kind of stuff. Ew. Um. Because he thought Nicholas was suspicious and that things hadn't happened exactly how Nicholas had said. Obviously, such a traumatic event would have a deep effect on a person. 
Um, it made sense that Nicholas was not willing to talk to strangers after what he'd been through. Um, he was really reserved. He was really shy, private, like however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie, though, didn't think that it was reservation. Charlie didn't think Nicholas was withdrawn. He thought Nicholas seemed more mature. Like, more mature than a 16-year-old should be. I I feel that, but, like, I feel like you're forced to mature faster in a terrible, terrible situation. Mm-hmm. So, through some digging, um, Nicholas... Charlie realized a few things. Okay. One... That Nicholas's ears were differently shaped now. Okay. And two, that Nicholas's eye color was different. Uh-oh. And there's no way to permanently change eye color. You can tattoo them. Well, right, but in 1994... <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just playing devil's advocate to make no, your morning good, worse. Because <laughs> that was how it was explained. Like, Nicholas... Because he also came back with, like... His hair was a little different, but that one made sense because he was like, well, the people who kidnapped me, they altered all of our appearances so that Mm -hmm. we couldn't be found easy. So he showed up with, like, brown hair and brown eyes instead of blonde hair and blue eyes. Okay. Um, Nicholas also refused to give any fingerprints or blood. Oh. And after Charlie raised some concerns, the court ordered him to surrender DNA. And it turned out that Nicholas Barclay was not actually Nicholas Barclay. Okay. And he sure as hell was not 16. Instead, he was a 23-year-old French con man named Frederick Bordeaux. What? What was his other cons? Does he do, like, is he a serial, just, like, pretend to be a lost child? Yes. He is a serial imposter who has impo- in, in he had pretended to be over 500 missing children. What? AKA the chameleon. Whoa. Is this the article you were sent? No. <laughs> oh no. That's what I'm saying. It happens a weird amount of times where like they get the wrong kid and they like start mm-hmm. placing him in the situation and you're like we have a different missing kid. Mhm. But yeah, no, there was no French con man in the article I read. Okay. (laughs) What? I fully thought you were about to be like, oh yeah, the chameleon, duh. (laughs) Everybody knows the chameleon. (laughs) Um, But so so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Writing this episode was so incredibly difficult at first because everybody has the Nicholas Barclay story, but almost no one had information on Frederick. Um, Like we had no early life. His Wikipedia page is like surprisingly small. Okay. no one had like basic information about this dude for a long time okay um and i'm gonna come back to the nicholas situation at the end a little bit but now from now on it's about frederick okay but then i found easily the most interesting article i have ever read it took all of my willpower not to completely rewrite this episode and just get all of my information from this article because it was so so thorough (laughs) um obviously i didn't but this article is so cool because in 2008 at a train station bench frederick bordeaux does an interview with the with the new yorker 
and it is fucking beefy. Whoa. Like, they interview him. They interview his mom. They interview his old teachers. They interview police officers. Like, it is his story. And it's coming from the horse's mouth. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, that being said, um, all of this information comes from the New Yorker article after this because it was really the only thing we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does come from the mouth of a pathological liar. Um <laughs> However, comma, one, it's most of what we have, and two, I'm inclined to believe him because these stories line up. Like, he, Frederick will say something, and then the New Yorker fact checks it with his mom. The only things that don't line up are subjective, where, like, mom thinks he did this on purpose, and Frederick was like, no, it was an accident. Like, that kind of stuff. But, like, the stories are still, like, the same end thing happens. Yeah. Okay. So, who was Frederick Bordeaux? It's also spelled like Bourdain, um, but it's not Bourdain. I looked up the pronunciation. If it if it is, I'm sorry. It's French. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's... He was born Frederick Pierre Bourdain in June of 1994. Okay. His mother is named Ghislaine. She's 18 and poor when she has him. Um, his father is never listed on any of his records. Instead, it's just an X. Oh, just unknown. But, right. But when they interviewed her, they interviewed mom, she says that his father um, is an, an Algerian immigrant named Casey. Um, they meet working at a factory together. She gets pregnant, but realizes that Casey was already married. So she okay. quits without telling him about the baby. Mm. but mom wasn't the best um child services got involved more than a few times because the quote was that she didn't want anything to do with the child she didn't say that other people were saying that Uh oh her version of events is like i was working two jobs to support him and i loved him and blah 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 everybody else was like but you went out dancing and partying and drinking every night and left him by himself yeah it's like where do your priorities lie and the ones who were calling cps was her parents oh we're like she's not taking care of him um so frederick gets moved to his grandparents custody she writes him like a freaky letter at a point that's like they took you from me and now we're strangers um but honestly it was probably for the best because she wasn't the best mom and frederick says she did a lot of stuff for attention like every time he saw her she would pretend there was some sort of emergency so that he would have to run and get help Mm. The quote was, quote, to see me frightened gave her pleasure. Mm. She denies this, but fully does admit that there was a time she tried to commit suicide in front of him and he had to run and go get help. Jeez. Yeah. On a completely unrelated note, but it is a related note, I just remembered, um, it's not in my notes, but when... When Frederick meets the the journalist who's doing the New Yorker article, side note, sorry, um, Frederick knows everything about him. Whoa. 
and the New Yorker art, the guy's like, huh? And Frederick's like, I just like to know who I'm meeting. Um, but the police described him as like a human recorder. Like he just knows things about people. Um, just, yeah, like photographic, just like a quick recall of like. Yeah. Oof. So it's like it, it's plausible that like he would remember something from that long ago when he was a child. I just wanted to put that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is now living with his grandparents and he starts to lie to the other kids on the playground and say that his dad was a British secret agent and that's why he wasn't around. Okay. It gets sad. Um, he was kind of an outcast and... But his teachers described him as, quote, precious and captivating because he was really artistic. Like he could draw. He had this crazy vivid imagination. Um, Another quote was he had a way of making you connect to him. Just like Like he was just really personable. Hmm. Um, But he was troubled. Like he he told his grandparents that he was actually molested. But no one believed him because the village was so small. Like, they didn't do anything. Uh-huh. Um, he starts misbehaving. He starts drawing pictures of himself drowning. Oof. It was really sad. And she his grandparents help. eventually sent him away to a private facility. But ev- even there, though, like, the same story happens where his his teachers are like, he has this crazy imagination. Like, he's so creative. They started calling them little dramas. Because he, like, fully would just invent this crazy story. Um, He also started pretending to lose his memory and getting lost in the streets of France. Um, And it was always, like, somebody would find him and he'd create a story about how he got lost and how he doesn't remember anything. and, um, And then he, because it's kind of unclear of, like, did he move voluntarily but he gets moved to a different center. Like, he starts doing this, like, hop from youth center to youth center, um, creating these little dramas about his life. But then that 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 changes um, from story to, like, low-key reality um, because this is when he starts pretending to be people. Okay as a he's not even 18 yet and he's already taking on new identities um so the first one is at 16 at this second youth center or really it's the first one that matters because he'd been like pretending to be other people for a long time but he hitchhiked to paris and walked up to a cop and said that he was a lost british teenager named jimmy sale the quote was um quote I dreamed they would send me to England, where I always imagined life was more beautiful. Whoa. He spoke almost no English, though. And so he was caught, and he he admitted he lied. Um, it's really sad, though. He developed this, like, technique, almost, where he'd wander around Europe, um, pretending to be different, missing children, looking for the perfect shelter. Okay. Like, he just wanted to be put into a life, essentially. Yeah, put somewhere he belonged. Mm-hmm. 
The second big identity happens in 1991 when someone finds him at a train station in France and he's pretending to be sick. So oh. he's rushed to the hospital and he gives them a fake name, a fake identity, and they call a child welfare judge. Um, he can only answer questions by writing because he's pretending he can't speak. And on the piece of paper, he writes down all he wants is a home and a school. That's all. They did discover his lies again and he skipped town. The quote was that he would rather leave on his own than be taken away. And this is like a trend. Like whenever they get close to busting him, he's very forthcoming with mm -hmm. the real truth. He's like, no, I am. And he gives his full name, dude. He's like, no, I'm Frederick Bourdain. Like I'm actually this age and I was pretending. And yeah, he. It, it feels weird because it, it feels like he's like lying out of necessity, but he's creating the necessity. Like it's kind of. Yeah. It's sad. Um. Because another quote, I didn't write it down, and it's probably later in my research, but fuck <laughs> it, was that he's not a traditional con man because, like, most people con for money. He cons for love. Yeah, just, like, conning for a place to be. Like, emotional validation. Mm -hmm. Like, he just wanted the attention that he didn't get as a child, essentially. Yeah. Because nothing monetary ever came out of any of these. Like, he never stole something from his foster parents and skipped a town. Like, that wasn't ever the story. Mm -hmm. It was whenever they got close to catching him, he told the truth and left. Yeah. Super weird. No, it's fucking sad. Yeah. Like, I like Frederick. I want him to be happy. And I know he did something really bad, but I'm upset. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so by the time he had turned 18, he... Over the course of two years, he pretended to be over a dozen fake children. Um, by the it, but he had nowhere, like he had no he had no idea what to do when he turned eighteen because for the first time, like he didn't have anything to run away from. Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't running from one youth home to the next. He was just kind of let go and told, like, okay, that's all. Yeah, you're not the property of the state anymore. It's weird that they just drop you off. They're just yeah. like, all right, bye. So he laid down in the middle of the street in France. He just like laid there. Oh. Um, because he didn't know what to do. And once again, he was taken to a hospital. And... I guess he kind of realized that, like, oh, even though I'm an adult, like, I could, I could still do this. Yeah. Um, and he did this, like, multiple times, where this was the trend of, like, he's found wandering the streets, he's found in the streets, he's found blah, 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 and rushed to a hospital, or he started pretending to still be a minor, would be brought to a youth home. Like, he, he even tried to fake his own death at a point. Jeez. Like, he... He called the mayor of his hometown pretending to be a German police officer and was like, yeah, we have the body of Frederick Bourdain or Bo Bordeaux. Um, his mom, like they, they, they contacted his mom and his grandparents and they fully believed this until the body never came. And like, that's crazy, though, but they like had to go through the the grief of him actually having died. 
Yeah. And she, his mom, like, was very, um, I don't want to say pessimistic, but very much, like, she thought he was doing it all for attention. Like, she, her explanation for everything was kind of like, he did this to be cruel. Like, he did this because he knew it would hurt me. Like, it was very much, like, looking inward of um, making it about herself in a way like she's just not very personable at least in these interviews yeah it was always um, like from her lens of like he did that specifically to spite me yes like, exactly weird oh i scrolled fast it i scrolled past it. i was trying to find the exact quote of what she said um oh this is the um as we spoke, his large brown eyes flitted across across me, seemingly taking me in. One of his police interrogators called him a human recorder. To my surprise, he knew where I had worked, where I was born, the name of my wife, even what my sister and brother did for a living. Quote, I like to know who I'm meeting. That's so... It's, like, scary almost to, like, have yeah. someone walk up and know everything about you. He described himself as a professional liar... Um, he, and then he said, he seemed oddly facetious, wait, fastidious? What the fuck does that word mean? (laughs) Um, very attentive and concerned about accuracy and detail. Um, he seemed oddly fastidious about the facts of his own life. Quote, I don't want you to make me into somebody I'm not. The story is good enough without embellishment. That's, that's funny that he's like, don't. Don't change anything about this. Like, I changed mm-hmm. my person, but you have to get my story, like, true. It's just, like, it's it's interesting that he'll, like, pretend to be somebody. Yeah. But also respects his own person enough to be, like, this is who I am. Don't, don't mess with that. The quote when she, when mom found out he was pretending to be dead was, um, it was Frederick playing one of his cruel little games. So back to my notes. Um, <laughs> she bugs me. <laughs> yeah, I don't like mom. It, and it, she just gets more fucked up later on. Um, because he he's constantly, like, wanting her love and, like, reaching out to her at various points. And she's just really cruel. Or yeah. at least in his retellings. But the New Yorker also interviewed her. Like, some of these quotes are directly from her and yeah. not just his description of events. She was also, um, like, troubled. kid in the situation and like that definitely plays a part into it but it's like it's hard to deal with someone who's like always like you're doing this to be mean to me like you're a bad person and you're like doing this to hurt me and it's like i'm just trying to get by man yeah um so yeah after a few years he has a reputation um a criminal record for lying to the police because they couldn't really charge him with anything. Like, mm-hmm. at this point, he had not done, like, true identity theft. Like, he said he was the missing British teenager, and then that backfired, and he didn't do it again. Mm-hmm. Like, he was making up children. He was pretending to be other people, but they weren't real. So it's just, like, a lie. Not a- yeah. Another quote from the article. This one's a long one. Strap in. Okay. 
His, activ- his activities were also garnering media attention. In 1995, the producers of a popular French television show called Everything is Possible invited him on the program. As Bordeaux appeared on stage looking pale and prepubescent, the host teasingly asked the audience, What's this boy's name? Michael? Kevin? Or Pedro? What's his real age? 13? 14? 15? Pressed about his motivations, Frederick again insisted that all he wanted was love and a family. It was the same rationale he always gave, and as a result, he was the rare imposter who elicited sympathy as well as anger from those who he had duped. His mother had a less charitable interpretation of her son's stated motive. Quote, he just wants to justify what he has become. What does that mean, Mom? So, he comes on stage, and the host is, like, making fun of him a little at first because he's, like, fully, like, so who are you today? Eh." But, like, the second that Frederick is, like, all I want is a home and a family like people start really feeling bad for this dude and they're like oh shit like this is not what we thought it was like he's not like a con man who's gonna give us good tv they actually offer him a job at their newsroom because they're like this is sad yeah um but he couldn't commit to it like he skipped town because that's what he knew how to do yeah it's like your only life experience it's hard to like completely 180 that and like settle down pretty much yeah he also like has no money yeah i feel really bad for this dude i'm so sorry if i'm biased like this article is really well written and maybe it's just because it's because they interviewed him and it's like how he felt it's like i don't feel really bad i like yeah and i can get people being like oh he's just like he's a serial liar like he's probably just lying about that too to get like what he wants it's like but you can't and then he'd be asking for money and stuff. Like, it, I don't know. Yeah. It just sits weird. It feels like he would have already gotten something out of it if mm-hmm. that's what he was after. But the fact that he just keeps trying for the same thing. It also doesn't help that it becomes very difficult later on to feel bad for Nicholas's family because of some of the things they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm, I mean, I'm going to circle back to that. Obviously, I'm not justifying it. Um, identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Mm-hmm. But... This this is a, a blurry case yeah. for a lot of reasons. But um, Frederick is kind of like an actor. He has this whole method for how he becomes these kids. And, like, he tried to turn being a criminal into, like, kind of an art. Mm-hmm. Um, quote, the key is actually not lying about everything. Otherwise, you'll just mix things up. Um, Sprinkle he some said, truth in. Yeah, he said he adhered to things such as keep it simple, and a good liar uses the truth. And whenever he would pick a name, um, he would pick something that had something, like, attached to his memory. Like, at one point, he used um, Cassis because it kind of sounded like his dad's name. Mm -hmm. Um, The quote was, the one thing you'd better not forget is your name. That's fair. He also kind of compared it to being a spy... Like, you change superficial details, but, like, keep yourself intact. I thought that was interesting, because um, his, like, story about his dad on the playground was his dad was a spy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you could see he had that influence really early on. Like, he was already thinking of, like, secret spy stuff. Yeah. 
um he he said that like by changing the superficial things but like keeping the core of the truth and like you know he said it allowed him to protect part of himself the quote was quote i know i can be cruel but i do not want to become a monster and it it gets kind of worse later on because when he gets into pretending to be nicholas like he kind of has a, a a mental break at a point because he realizes that he's like doing something genuinely terrible mm-hmm. and he had never done that yet um but yeah essentially he would find part of this character that he could relate to the quote quote i think i would be a very good actor like arnold schwarzenegger or sylvester stallone but i don't want to play somebody i want to be somebody whoa yeah Often, part of his ploy was also, he would call local police, and he would report anonymous tips and be like, I just saw a child in the middle of the street who was distressed, and yada, yada, yada. And then when the police showed up, it was him. Whoa. Mm Mm-hmm. So, another tip was that when people got suspicious or told him he looked mature, he wouldn't fight it. Because teenagers want to look older, so he would treat it like it was a compliment. Whoa. That's, like, really smart to he had it down like he knew what he was doing but he also admitted that it wasn't all just like him being super smart he said that it's not hard to fool people because everyone kind of has a basic expectation of behavior Mm -hmm. um and he was tapping into people's like savior complexes and like a sense of goodness yeah and they're just inclined to like believe you right off the bat they'll have their suspicions but like they can't question you'd be like this is my name. They can't be like, mm, no, it's not. And nobody expects, the quote is, nobody expects a seemingly vulnerable child to be lying. And throughout all of what I'm telling you, he's still pretending to be people. He's just running like small scale, like he's here for a few days and pretends to be Jimmy. And then he's here for a few days and he pretends to be Kevin. And he's like hopping around. And every time he gets caught, he tells them the truth and he leaves. That's crazy. Yeah, it was just too many little occurrences to sprinkle in. Mm-hmm. Um, but side note, I'm going to send you the New Yorker article because yeah, this it starts is fascinating. It starts with the other large-scale impersonation um which I I just did not have the space to put into this research because it was so much. And if I have time at the end, we'll see. I'm, I might give you, like, a, uh, a spark notes. But essentially, he pretends to be this Spanish boy named Fernandez. And this article, like, goes through days. Like, it's like he was um, pretending to be Michael Jackson on the playground. And, like, he was super great and everybody loved him and yada, yada, yada. Until one teacher saw an article about Frederick Bordeaux and realized who it was. And they pull him into the administrator's office, and he's a, a child. Um, they rip off his hat. His his ploy at that point was that he was covered in burns, so he was, like, hiding parts of his himself. They ripped off his hat and realized he was actually balding um, and not covered in scars. And he, they pin him up against the wall, and the article was, it was so, it gave me chills, where they were like, his voice went from that of a teenager to that of a fully grown man, and he was like, I will not speak without a lawyer present. Oh my gosh, that's It was crazy. I mean, imagine being a teacher and realizing that, like, there's been somebody just, like, 
sneaking around with the kid. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure his intentions weren't too dark, but, like, as a teacher, you're probably like, oh, my gosh, what if he's, like, going to no, hurt yeah. somebody or something? And that was the other thing was, like, he thrived in school. Like, he did the homework, he did the stuff, and he was really personable, like, made a lot of friends, like, it's just not appropriate for a fully grown man to be yeah. a child on a playground. Like, can't do that. But the reason he became Nicholas wasn't normal for him. Like, he, what happened was he was in a youth home, but he couldn't leave, and he was the child welfare judge had given him 24 hours to give fingerprints or or tell them who he was mm-hmm. um and they weren't letting him leave but he knew that he had a record with interpool and that if he gave fingerprints he would be sent to jail yeah so like he was kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place of like either i have to admit that i'm frederick bordeaux and go to jail or i have to leave but i can't leave because he'd already tried to run away once and it didn't work like he was stuck here Mm -hmm. so the plan was to fool the judge that he was american because if he was a missing american teenager they'd probably let him go so he asked for a phone call and he called the Center for Missing and Exploited Children. He spoke English, and he pretended to be the director of the shelter he was at. Oh. Um, and said that he had a frightened child who spoke English with an American accent. And then he described himself and asked the center if they had anyone matching that description. And the lady on the phone faxed over the missing child poster of nicholas that's crazy yeah and it it doesn't seem far off like just enough was the same so he calls her back and he says i have some good news nicholas barclay is standing right beside me and it's just him yeah So she transfers him to the San Antonio Police Department where he pretends to be Spanish law enforcement saying that he found, it's the train station story, like we found him at a train station. And um, so one of his tactics was he would like learn things from one person and then use that information for the next. So he learned that Nicholas went missing with like, I think it was a pink backpack And he told that to the San Antonio police, like, we found him with a pink backpack, and they were like, holy shit, like, that wasn't public knowledge, like, um, one of his tactics, I already read that, I just fully read that bullet point out loud, I was about to say (laughs) the exact same thing. The problem, though, was that, so he he gets the faxed copy instantly of this poster. A few days later, he gets mailed the missing person flyer in color. And his quote was, I'm dead. I'm simply dead. (laughs) Because Nicholas is blonde. Oh. So he burns that flyer in the courtyard, runs into the bathroom, bleaches his hair, and then gets his friend to stick and poke Nicholas's tattoos. I would say, were they real or was he drawing them on? That's crazy. They were real. He also has a tattoo on his arm. Side note, I don't know if he has it at this point. I don't think so. I think he gets it after being Nicholas, but it literally says the chameleon on his arm. Like, he's he's a old character. Um, but 
Then he has a phone call with Nicholas's sister, Carrie. And she comes on and she says, Nikki, is that you? And he's like muffled. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's me. Oh. And the quote in the article, oh, where was it? Was that he like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Tennis shoes and a pink backpack, embassy in Madrid. Um, tattoo resembling the Barclays. My God, Nikki, is that you? Bordeaux didn't know how to respond. He adopted a muffled voice and then said, yeah, it's me. Where is it? Oh, wait, this is the shit about his mom. Oh, my God, I can't find it. He said something about how he realized um, that he was doing something really terrible. Yeah. Like, when he heard Carrie over the phone was kind of part of the... Part of when he realized that what he was doing was, like, really, really, really fucked up. Because she's, like, sobbing and... Over her missing like, brother. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Um, it's but, one thing to, like, tell the cops. Like, yeah, I'm this missing kid. Get me back to America. Yeah. And then you start, like, having to interact with people's home lives. It was it was really messed up. Um, but the it was... So, Carrie... Like, the whole Nicholas family is kind of, like, low-key fucked up. But, like... I, I don't know how to just... So, Carrie is the sister. Um, and she has children of her own. Mm-hmm. Like, she's old. She's moved in with her husband. Has children. Beverly is Nicholas's mom. Beverly is addicted to meth, mm. heroin, and cocaine. Jeez. But, every article is like, no, but she was a good mom. Like, she was a functioning drug addict. Like, she was going to work every day from 9 to 5. She worked at a donut shop. At the end of the day, she brought the donut, the rest of the donuts to a local homeless shelter. Like, she made sure her kids were taken care of, but was also a very, very much addicted to drugs. And whenever she went off the rails for a few days, Carrie would step in and become, like, the temporary matriarch okay. of the family to kind of keep everything in line. And then Uncle Jason is Beverly's brother. Okay. And Uncle Jason does become important. As I say, that's the one that he thought Nicholas was outside. his home. Yeah. So what... Okay. We'll come back. So, um, she shows... Carrie shows up in Spain. Her work had actually sponsored her trip because she couldn't afford it. So they paid for her to go to Spain to pick up her brother um any inconsistencies got written off as just the result of like what he'd been through yeah um and she hugged him the second she saw him like he was in his head he was like the second she sees me she's gonna realize i'm not her brother the jig is up like what do i do didn't happen that's she's crazy sees him and is like you're my brother no question asked immediately like hugged him and was so like elated to see him um and it it's just a different person like he also had like a phone call with beverly at a point and she was so elated to hear his voice Uh, 
even and like they all just completely ignored like the slight french accent yeah <laughs> it it's just it like was, i guess like that's what you're inclined to do though it's like you're being told that mm-hmm. this is the the answer to your prayers of like bring my brother back and you're like oh he's just different because it's been three years yeah he's in europe of course he'd have a little bit of an accent now like just Bever- weird stuff like that Beverly kind of explained it as like, oh, Carrie is just really easily to easy to manipulate, like because she's like a mother and has a good heart. Like she just wanted to believe it was Nicholas, mm-hmm. but it's like, no, but he was like really convincing. Like he convinced a lot of people that he was Nicholas, and then that's anything- what I'm saying. These people are holding up posters and sending mm-hmm. it over to him, and then getting there and be like, yeah, that's the kid on the poster. Right, exactly, and then also the whole thing of like wanting to believe so desperately, like that you kind of ignore the inconsistencies yeah one of the quote was um it's uh, confirmation bias you're gonna write off something mm-hmm. that doesn't fit your story carrie says that she has little she had little doubt that it was nicholas not when she could not when he could attribute any inconsistencies to his unspeakable ordeal not when his nose looked just like her uncle pat's not when he has the same tattoo as Nicholas and seemed to know so many details about her family, asking about relatives by name. Quote, your heart takes over and you just want to believe. Yeah. So she kind of becomes his liaison. Like, they're in Spain for a few days together. She has to testify and be like, no, this is my brother, so that he can be granted a U.S. passport. Um, and the next day he was on a flight to Texas. Wow. Um, halfway through though, he starts to freak out because he's like, oh no, <laughs> I'm what going to America. have I done? Like, this is hard. This is, this is crazy. Like, even for me, this is a lot. Yeah. And they're on the plane he's having a panic attack and he's like freaking out because in his i think bordeaux like kind of writes it off as like i just thought like the plane was gonna crash or something and carrie is like comforting him like don't worry like it's it's fine it's just a plane it's just a plane and he's like ah (laughs) i'm not nicholas yeah that's terrifying and everybody was waiting for him at the airport that's like like one thing goes wrong and it all falls apart kind of like pause everyone was waiting for him at the airport except uncle jason yeah oh and beverly is kind of like not standoffish but like she doesn't hug him immediately like everybody else is like oh my god it's nicholas it's nicholas and she's just kind of like it's Nicholas. Huh. Yeah. Um, so, he also was sent to live with Carrie, not Beverly. Becomes important later. Okay. Um, so, at Carrie's house, he begins to dig for more information. Also, Beverly, like, does hug him eventually and, like, is like, oh, my God, my baby's home. But, like... There is a moment, like a hesitation. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. Um, So he starts to dig for more information at Carrie's house to, like, perfect his act. 
So he starts, he really does blend in. Like he starts kneeling in front of the TV the same way Nicholas did. He remembers store, or quote, remembers things that happened when they were children. Like he's good at what he does. Um, until this fucking P.I. shows up. Like, I know that this P.I. is a good guy, but Charlie Parker is, like, really an intolerable person. Oh. Like, he's just kind of, like, slimy in the way that he's, like, showing up to places. And, like, I know, I know that Nicholas is not Nicholas. Yeah. And even I was like, this is a bit much. Like, you're invading this family in ways that is, like, fucked up on your end. Yeah. But... He shows up to their house as a reporter. Um, the family did not want to speak to him because they'd been ha- like hounded by reporters. But he, but Frederick agrees. The quote was, "I wanted attention at the time. It was a physiological need. Today, I wouldn't do it." Mm-hmm. Um, but this is when Charlie Parker is like, "Hmm, something's up. <laughs> Your eyes are wrong. The accent, the lack of body language." Um, he finds a picture of Nicholas uh, in Carrie's house and fully steals it, <laughs> like, puts it into his bag so that he can study it later in his office, um, and, like, fully doesn't believe that it's Nicholas. And he calls Beverly to tell her. And Beverly is essentially like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Maybe you're wrong. You're annoying and he's my son. Um, and there was also... This is according to Charlie. Frederick denies that this happened. According to Charlie, Frederick had called him pretending to be Nicholas and told him to leave the family alone. And Charlie was like, I don't think you're who you say you are. And Frederick is like, immigration believes me. The family believes me. And Fred, like, Frederick now is essentially like, no, that didn't happen. Charlie's just really obsessed with, like, the image of this case. Yeah. And, like, he wanted to be a mastermind. So it's, like, difference of opinion. Yeah. On what happened. Um, Charlie fully thinks that he's a terrorist. Oh. Like, pretending to be in the United States. Yeah, I guess he doesn't know who it would be pretending to be Nicholas. Right. Um, and Frederick, like, Frederick starts going back to school, like, it's a lot, um, but he does start to fall apart after about two months. He, that's pretty crazy that two months goes by Mm -hmm. without a hitch. He can't keep it up, um, because he starts to feel really bad, and he's, he starts to be really bothered about what actually happened to Nicholas. Yeah. Um, especially because Jason shows up after a month and a half. And then, and then Frederick starts to break down when he meets Jason. Um, because the way that they, he meets Jason is like, oh, it's, it's gross it's gross okay hold on i'm finding the quote i i was not like some of these things i was like oh i'll just i'll mention it but yeah, but i wanted to, i want to talk about it um sorry i'm finding it i'm finding it I'm you're finding good you're it. good 
This is... Uh. <laughs> okay, okay. So Jason finally comes for a visit. Um, and Carrie's son is like, Jason's being weird. Jason's being really weird. Um, and Jason hugs Frederick in front of the others. But, like, is looking at him funny. Um, and Jason at one point, like, tells him to come outside. And he gives Frederick, as Nicholas, a necklace with a gold cross. And uh, Frederick's quote is, quote, It was like he had to give it to me. Then he said goodbye and never returned. What the heck? So, no. So, Frederick starts to be like, oh, this is, this is weird, weird. Yeah. This isn't weird because I'm here. This was like, already weird. Something was happening. Um, so, he starts to have, like, a mental breakdown. He calls his mother to tell him what happened, to tell her what happened. And when she finds out, like, she's not bothered that he's conning people. She's bothered that he's pretending to be another woman's son. Yeah. And so she hangs up on him. Uh, <laughs> um, he goes into the bathroom at a point and cuts his face open with a razor blade and has to go into a psychiatric hospital. He steals Carrie's car. Um, like, he starts to go crazy, but everybody's like, ah, yeah, Nicholas is back. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this they- is Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, making it harder for the, the con to yeah. be up. He's just like... <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. By falling apart, he's making it more concrete. Like... But... The quote that Frederick gave was, quote, he couldn't tell who was conning who. That's creepy. Yeah. Like, like you f- f- No, go, go ahead. As you, you, like, lose control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Because there's something he doesn't know. Because he's yeah. a method. Like, he's method. He learns everything he can to be the person. But there is something he doesn't know. Jason knows something. So... The FBI gets involved because they're like, yo, this is a foreign spy. <laughs> Charlie Parker reaches out to the FBI and the FBI is like, no, yeah, no, yeah, man, we agree with you. No, we see it. His eyes are the um, wrong color. And then they tried to get a blood sample from Beverly and Frederick and both of them denied it. Not just Frederick. So there starts to be, the FBI shows up. Well, she probably doesn't want a blood sample because she's on drugs. Drugs, yeah. The family gets involved, or the FBI gets involved with the family, and they're like, okay, so he's not Nicholas, but, like, what the fuck is going on with these people? Yeah. <laughs> because this is weird. Um, they, like, it, and it's all these, like, little things of, like, how Beverly, like, was kind of weird at the airport. Jason showing up after a month and a half and never again like um quote he says that although carrie and brian had seemed intent on believing he was nicholas ignoring the obvious evidence beverly had treated him less like a son more like a ghost one time he was staying with her bourdain alleges she got drunk and screamed I know that God punished me by sending you to me. I don't know who the hell you are. Why the fuck are you doing this? Oh my God. That's... Bever- Beverly does not remember the incident, but when asked about it says, 
Quote, he must have got me really pissed off. What the heck? Yeah. That's just, oh, it's also so creepy. So, Parker, Charlie, invites Frederick to a sting operation. <laughs> They're at a diner. Charlie shows him, like, I'm not wearing a gun. Um, but the FBI is waiting to arrest him after, like, a potential confession. Okay. So they sit down at breakfast, and at first, Frederick is Nicholas. And um, Parker starts talking to him and saying some bullshit and says something about him upsetting his mother. Mm -hmm. And Frederick says, she's not my mother and you know it. Oh. Frederick fucking hates this guy. Okay? Because... In Frederick's words, he was, like, pretending to be some sort of mastermind. Like, in the, even now, the details of this conversation disagree. Because Charlie is like, I solved the whole thing, and he didn't know what to do about it. And Frederick's like, no, I told him. <laughs> I, I just confessed. <laughs> I simply told him. Um, the quote was, quote, It was as if Parker had intruded into Frederick's interior fiction and given himself a starring role. Yeah, that's what I was going to say earlier when you said he was slimy. It just seems like a guy who wants to be, like, the movie agent, PI. Like, you want to be this, like, mysterious guy (laughs) who comes in and Sherlock Holmes everything about it. And because he was a PI, he could do things that the cops couldn't. Like, steal things from the family's home. Like, he was doing slimy shit. Yeah, all under the guise of, like, in a movie, this be cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um... But he, they, they leave breakfast, and Frederick gets arrested at Beverly's apartment. And Beverly is quoted as saying, what the fuck took you so long? You could have called the cops, Beverly. What? <laughs> Mm-mm. Anyway, so once Frederick is in custody, though. Oh, yeah, she's like, in on it. So. Yeah, he's like... Um, okay, so I was pretending to be a person that I wasn't. Yeah, we got that. However, we all agreed that they killed Nicholas, right? Yeah. Like, we know that they murdered this kid, right? Um, he did not believe the family was grieving. Like, Frederick fully is like, no, they killed him. Like, and I know because I was him for, a, for three months. Yeah, like, and Jason's doing some weird stuff. So he alleges that Beverly and Jason were complicit in his disappearance, and that they those two had known from the beginning that frederick was lying quote i'm a good imposter but even i'm not that good yeah so frederick said that he knew from they knew from the beginning he suggested that the family had killed nicholas and covered it up specifically he asked why the family would accept them when it was when it would accept him when it was so clear that he wasn't their son because they can't say no right Um, And it makes sense that Carrie believed it because in Frederick's versions of events, Carrie was innocent. Mm -hmm. Carrie, Carrie wasn't living with the family at the time that Nicholas disappeared. Jason was. Like, Jason and Beverly were living in the same house with Nicholas when he disappeared. And in Frederick's versions of events, they were the ones who orchestrated some, something. Something happened. Um, the twist... Charlie Parker and the FBI 
believe Frederick. They're like, yeah, you're right. Um, We know that you did some fucked up shit. Um, However, comma, you didn't kill anyone. Yeah. And you're just like... You know, I'm assuming he told the whole story of, like, oh, this is my hobby. Like, I'm always pretending to be people and, like, I'm not a terrorist. Yeah. I just... So, and they, they got his fingerprints and he, it, his, like, they they know who he is. Yeah, yeah. They know he's Frederick Bordeaux. They know he's the chameleon. They know he's wanted by Interpol for impersonations and all this stuff. They know that this is his shtick. And they know he's not a murderer. Mm-hmm. So a federal prosecutor also gets involved. Like, people start really looking at the family. One one quote was that when asked why Beverly didn't take Nicholas to live with her, Carrie said that it was just too upsetting for her. And it's like, why? You just got your son back. How's that upsetting? So, and all of these reports, they start digging and find that there's all these reports right after Nicholas disappeared of Beverly and Jason screaming at each other to the point where cops get called. There was reports from Nicholas's school that he might have been being abused. Just before Nicholas disappeared, the school had called CPS. Beverly took two lie detector tests. She takes the first one. She's asked twice if she knows where Nicholas is and what happened. And she says no. She passes with flying colors. And Charlie Parker's like, I don't believe her. And the guy who administered the test says, well, she'd have to be on drugs to pass this test if she was lying. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Charlie Parker says, okay, hold her for a few hours and then give her the test again. Yeah. And this time, the machine goes off so hard that it nearly falls off the table because she is lying. Yeah. And then, uh, she sprints from the room. Uh. Jason, meanwhile, is refusing to be interviewed. But, because Parker is a P.I., he continues to press him because he doesn't have to follow the same rules that the police do. On one occasion, Parker accuses Jason of murder. Quote, I think you did it. I don't think you meant to do it, but you did. In response, Parker says, Jason just looked at me. Then, Jason kills himself. Oh my gosh, just like in front of the guy or like right no. after the event? Okay. He overdoses. Oh, okay. Like I think it's like a week passes and he ODs. Um, and this theory does have some weight to it. So like Nicholas was a troubled kid. Police had been called to the house on multiple occasions before he disappeared because he was violent. And the family was like really outspoken that they did not like his attitude. It wasn't far-fetched to say one of them might have finally tipped over the edge. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jason Barclay's death also feels like an admission of guilt. Um, But circling back to Frederick, Frederick was arrested and did plead guilty to to perjury and possessing false documents. 
uh, which usually is like two years in prison. Um, he the judge gave him six because he compared what Frederick did to murder. He was mm-hmm. like, "This is fucked up, dude." Yeah. Um, the only person who felt bad for him was Beverly. Uh, but Frederick Bordeaux has since been released from prison. He married a woman named Isabel in France and fell in love. She and Frederick moved away to a small town to avoid attention, and they do have children together. He is a telemarketer. Um, his family thinks it's just another act. Quote, you can't just invent yourself as a father, his uncle said. You're not a dad for six days or six months. It is not a character. It is a reality. I fear for that child. Jeez. But uh, Frederick, as far as we know, hasn't impersonated anyone since. Um, He has had a daughter. Her name is Athena. Um, The the New Yorker article, quote, um, I asked if he had become a new person. For a moment, he fell silent, and then he said, no, this, this is who I am. Um, Charlie Parker, meanwhile, has been investigating the theory of foul play since Frederick has been imprisoned, uh, but there's no confession, no body. The quote is, quote, I think something happened inside of that house, but I can't prove it. That, like, that's what I have questions about. It's like, okay, there was foul play, and the, mm-hmm. Jason and Beverly, something happened, and one of them killed him. It's like, where'd he go after that? Where's- Another important piece of information is that in Jason's retelling of events um, is that the reason he feels so guilty is because Nicholas called him and asked him for a ride home that day, and he said oh. no. So, like, his explanation is, I blame myself because of Nicholas's death. Um, but everybody else is kind of like, then why were you and Mom the only two who, like, didn't believe it immediately? Like, Beverly writes it off as, like, a mother's intuition. Like, she says the reason, she says that she knew he wasn't Nicholas from the second she saw him in the airport. And that if she had followed her gut, this never would have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and she writes off the the um, the lie detector test as like I was on drugs and I didn't want to be in jail. Yeah. Um. But that doesn't stop that. Like, it's also weird that, that Jason had called and said he's trying to break into my house. Yes, because so that adds something else to the story. Charlie Parker thinks that that was a cover up because the family was sussy. Yeah. Even from the beginning. Um, the FBI is quoted as saying that Beverly was uncooperative whenever questioning about about Nicholas's death and things like that. Um, it's That's it's messy. really fucked up. Yeah, and it's just weird that, like, they weren't investigated harder in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's usually the first thing you check is, like, when a kid goes missing, you start checking family. Yeah. And they were suspicious from the get-go. It's like, why wasn't... Why was that just skipped over in the beginning? Why did it take some guy from France coming in and pos- per- impersonating him to, like, get people to actually look at it? 
another pretty damning quote because I'm, I'm scrolling through the New Yorker article now trying to find some more because that was the end of my research. Okay. Um, another thing that happened, though, is according to Fisher, Fisher is the FBI uh, agent, when the examiner told Beverly that she had failed the exam and began pressing her with more questions, Beverly yelled, I don't have to put up with this, and then got up and ran out the door. I catch her, Fisher recalled. I say, why are you running? She is furious. She says, this is so typical of Nicholas. Look at the hell he's putting me through. This was after Frederick Bordeaux had been taken into custody. That's, and she said, like, when she was drunk and, like, spewed something out, like, this is God punishing me. It's like, I mm-hmm. killed my kid, and this is God sending someone back to, like, rub it in my face. Yeah. It's very much, like, or she might not have killed him, but, like, I know he's dead, and I can't say that. Yeah. Like, I just have to pretend, like, like you're getting mentally tortured because you're, like, stuck in the situation because you can't out yourself. Yeah. It was a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but Beverly's, uh, sober now. Congratulations. Like she, she care- she's a caretaker for a handicapped woman. Um, it, it was just a lot. Um, yeah, I want it, I want them to be able to solve it. And, like, I know that that's not possible. Yeah. But, yeah, but, f- but this article is super it's so long dude and it's such a good read i read the whole thing because just the characters like frederick is just an interesting person and Mm -hmm. whenever he's talking to like whenever the the writer breaks the fourth wall and like talks about what it was like to interact with frederick like it's freaky like hold on let me find the um the beginning so Mr. Grand, Bordeaux said, politely extending his hand to me. We were on a street in the middle in we were on a street in the center of Pau where we had agreed to meet where he had agreed to meet me one morning last fall. For once he seemed unmistakably an adult, with a faint five o'clock shadow. He was je- dressed theatrically in white pants, a white shirt, a checkered vest, white shoes, a blue satin bow tie, and a foppish hat. Only the gap between his teeth evoked the men- memory of Francisco Hernandez Fernandez, which is another one of his big impersonations. After his ruse in Pau had been exposed, Bordeaux moved to a village in the Pyrenees 25 miles away. I wanted to escape from all the glare, he said. As, he had, o- as had often been the case with Bordeaux's deceptions, the authorities were not sure how to punish him. Psychiatrists determined he was sane. No statute seemed to fit his crime. Ultimately, he was charged with obtaining and using a fake ID. Um, a, a local reporter told me that since Bordeaux had periodically since Bordeaux had periodically appeared in Pau, always in a different guise. Sometimes he had a mustache or a beard. Sometimes his hair was tightly cropped. Other times it was straggly. Sometimes he dressed like a rapper, and on other occasions a businessman. Quote: It was as if he was trying to find a new character to inhabit. Bordeaux and I sat down on a bench near the train station as light rain began to fall. A car paused by the curb in front of us with a couple inside. They rolled down their window, peered out, and said to each other, The chameleon. I'm quite famous in France these days, Bordeaux had said. Too famous. It's crazy. And then that's the bit about, like, I like to know who I'm meeting. Um, 
I don't like to trust anyone, he said. For a person who described himself as a professional liar, he seemed oddly fastidious about the facts of his own life. I don't want to ma- I don't want you to make me into somebody I'm not. The story is good enough without embellishment. Um, and then he says, oh, oh, I love this. So I knew that Bordeaux had grown up in and around Nantes, and I asked him about his tattoo. Why would someone who tried to erase his identity leave a trace of one? He rubbed his arms where the words were imprinted on his skin, and then he said, I will tell you the truth behind all of my lies. No. And then, that's metal. This guy interviews Frederick a few times, and I'm not going to read anything else because this is getting long, but at the very end of the article, he goes to Frederick's home. He meets Isabel. Like, he he sees Frederick's new life, mm-hmm. and he says something about how Frederick is now, like, not performing anymore. Like, he's in jeans and a t-shirt, and he seems really comfortable for the first time since he'd met. Like, it's not theatrics. He's um, not playing anything up. Yeah. After so many years of playing an imposter, Bordeaux has left his family and many authorities with the conviction that this is who Frederick Pierre Bordeaux is. He really is a chameleon. Um, after he was arrested and then sent back, uh, deported to France after the arrest because he was Nicholas, he did pretend to be a child again. Like, he pretended to be a missing French boy named Leo Bailey. Um, this time they did a DNA test, quickly revealed he was lying. Um it's it's a lot like he i like especially if that's all you know too it's like when the times get tough he's just like that's how he handles those situations but when he met isabel it kind of changed like i think at some point he also realized like it doesn't work the same when you're like now they have his id yeah. In every database out there, as soon as they suspect something, they're just going to get DNA yeah. and be able to tell it's him. Like, it makes it harder and harder. But it's it's cute because, like, he meets Isabel, and Isabel is what helps him, like, kick that life to the side. Quote, at one point, Bordeaux touched Isabel's stomach. My baby can have three arms and three legs, he said. It doesn't matter. I don't need my child to be perfect. All I want is that this child feels love. He did not care what his family thought. Quote, they are my shelter, he said of his wife and soon-to-be child. No one can take that from me. So, like, finally found the home he was looking for. Exactly. It's a good ending. That is Frederick Bordeaux, the chameleon. He is still alive. Um, He's 43 in France. Just living there. Because, like, what he did, like, it was a crime, but, like, not really. Yeah, it's interesting that you only get six years for that. Well, he was only supposed to get two. Yeah. Because it was perjury and, like, falsifying documents. Yeah, but they could, like, add a twist on that of, like, you also snuck into a country. Yeah, and, like, and that, I think, is also part of it. Um, But here, let me find pictures of him now um there's also like a netflix documentary i think and also side note a lot of people think that 
um, there's a movie based on like kind of this vibe, but it's not about Frederick. It's about a different imposter um, who did the same thing, but Whoa. like worse. Oh. Um, yeah, but a Netflix documentary came out in December of 2022. So it's oh, like it's super new. fresh. It's called The Imposter. Um, but there's this, and they interview him, and he looks like a normal 40 year old dude. Huh. Like, he's just completely average in every way. Um, but hold on. Let me find this Frederick Bordeaux movie, because it always pops up when you search his name. But it, it wasn't him. Oh, there is also a movie called The Chameleon. That one's about him. Um, but there's another, it's like a dramatized retelling of... I'll have to find it. It's not The Imposter and it's not The Chameleon. There is another movie based on kind of this vibe, um, but it is not about Frederick. It is about a different missing child. And that's all I can remember. We can put it in the Discord too, like look for it yeah. after and, and throw it in it. there after this episode comes out. But yeah. That, that was is, so interesting. Wasn't it? That's crazy. That, it's like such insane. it's so fascinating to me like when imp- being an imposter works or like mm-hmm. even on the other side like how spies are so successful at what they do mm-hmm. it's like your neighbor could be a spy not only a spy there's people like you find out way later that your neighbor was a spy with the authority to kill like yeah. <laughs> it's like if they find something out they can kill people that are believed to be terrorists to the state like it's it's crazy the amount of like deception that just goes unnoticed in everyday life right also um i just looked at the clock yeah it is eleven forty-eight. oh i don't i don't have to be there until uh, one. Oh my god the way my oh. body just like seized and i was like i'm i have to be at work in 10 minutes i don't we're good. okay 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 <laughs> i was really scared of you but yeah 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 no it's crazy it's insane how <sighs> i don't know like it's how many cases of of this like conning and stuff like he didn't take anything yeah that is like it was purely emotional yeah it wasn't to hurt someone he he didn't hurt someone he -hmm. wasn't in it for money he wasn't in it just like couch hopping it was literally like i just want a family and then like he gets tied into the nicholas thing is like you said it good it's a rock and a hard place it's like i either go to jail or i do what i know how to do to try to get out of this and you wind Mm -hmm. up taking it a step or a few steps a little too far yeah yeah and now all of a sudden he's also in a completely different country like that's terrifying he's in a completely different country in the middle of nowhere texas like no wi-fi and texas is just a weird place to be anyway and nowhere has public transportation it's not like europe he can't just hop town to a new country like he's stuck and now he's labeled like he has these tattoos Mm -hmm. and the media attention like people are looking at him and like you're literally marked with the same tattoos as this kid if you go somewhere people turn on the news and they're like oh you're that kid that they just found like you ran away again yeah you're like kind of trapped into this identity 
that then Jason's handing you this cross necklace and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this kid was killed. Yeah. Where, what do I do? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> in another country if I, like, you don't know even the legal system, like, yeah. At that point, you could be like, what if America just, like, throws me into federal prison because they think yeah. I'm a terrorist? And it's not like he can just hop on a plane. Like, yeah. he has a passport for a 16-year-old boy. Like... Yeah, that they would just, like... Immediately flag because he's a minor, allegedly. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I know. <laughs> this story's insane, and... I highly recommend you read the article because it starts off with his other impersonation. Like, I I got so close to, like, completely erasing the Nicholas stuff and starting with him. And then I was like, no, like, it'd make the whole research, like, 16 pages long. Like, yeah. I can't do it no matter how good it is. But he starts off pretending to be a, a different boy in Spain and gets caught by the teachers. That's crazy. Crazy. Ooh. it's great and it's crazy how much they all loved him yeah like it, it wasn't like yes it was like oh there's this strange old man talking to the kids but it was also like oh my god like my beloved student was like a, was not who he said he's a 20 year old like, man this kid who i've grown to love over months is not who he said he was yeah reality breaking yeah but yeah, that, wasn't that crazy? That's wild. Dude, I really thought you had cracked the case in the beginning of this episode when you were like, it wasn't him? Like, No, like, oh, it, fuck. Uh, I was just sent an article about, like, um, the boy goes missing and uh, for a while, but then they find a boy lost in the woods that this kid went missing in. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, we found him, and then it's a different missing boy, and they cannot find the first one. Like, it, it like... It goes back to the same thing. It's like, well, what actually happened? Yeah. We thought we solved it and we're completely on the wrong trail. What who what was the kid's name? Do you remember? I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. And I might do it like on an episode because I haven't looked all the way into it. I don't know what else has been found out. It was just like a quick like it was a fast article that didn't go into mm-hmm. too much detail about stuff. So I want to like go and see if there's any more about it somewhere. There's another story that I have saved. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do it because it kind of makes me feel icky. Um, but the another similar case happened in L.A. Um, not that long ago. And this woman, who was black, was like, my baby was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And um, the L.A. police, like, completely dropped the ball, didn't believe her. A lot of it had to do with racism. Um and eventually the the case got so much media attention that they gave her just a baby like they just found a baby gave her a baby and was like this is your son and she's like no it's not and they're like yes it is shut up oh my god like it was really fucked up and i started reading about it i was like i don't know if i can cover this there's another one like that and it's crazy that this has happened so many times because it's not the one i'm talking about and it was a different lady but it's a similar thing where she gets the kid back and is like the kid that they're saying is her son and she's like this is not my son and like Mm -hmm. no one will believe her and then it winds up being like it's somebody else's kid that they found that was missing so it's like Mm -hmm. first of all you're like doing another family injustice 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, f- like they were same thing, pretty much telling this woman like, "Shut up, we got your kid back." She's like, "This yeah, like, is not crazy. my kid." It's crazy how often this has happened. That's what I'm saying. Like we have four different stories now of like, yeah, the kid goes missing and the wrong kid comes back. Like it, mm-hmm. police incompetence. And I mean, that's like uh, talking like with Steven Stainer. A lot of people believe yeah. that it wasn't him. They were like, there's no way that's the same kid. And the family's like, this is our son. Like, that one's different. But. The Steven Stainer case still haunts me. That, I think about that all the time. Yeah. That's. Ugh. Oh, my God. But, yeah. um, We still don't know what happened to Nicholas. Uh, Frederick is happy and now has a documentary on Netflix called The Imposter. Um. I don't know how the audience feels that he was the one that got the happy ending, but <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he gets one. But it's also like I so bad want to know, yeah, what happened to Nicholas. It fucked me up so hard as I was reading it and like reading like this con man is having a mental breakdown because he's caught up in a, in a like he is a ghost. Yeah, like, he's that's not so weird. It was an insane read. I wasn't even taking notes at a point. Like, I was reading through this. I read the whole thing and literally just, like, sat there like, oh, fuck. Like, what story did I just pick for this fucking podcast? Like, yeah. But, yeah. Are you ready for intermission? Sure thing, love. I would be so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Okay. And intermission. Dun, dun, dun. I'll be back. And we're back. It has not the been way a my whole body just froze. <laughs> you didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. So uh I almost said hi podcast. Yeah, it's not the start. It's been a few days. A full week. <laughs> exactly. A full week. The last no, time I last- recorded was like nine AM last Thursday and it's nine fifty one AM. This Thursday. Last night when you texted me about recording, my whole body seized up because it was like, I am unprepared. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's <laughs> not my story. It's just we did my half. This has happened before and I'm never used to like starting. Like I always mm-hmm. think I have like an hour to mentally prepare <laughs> for my turn to talk. Did you see the the new titles for the next episode that's coming out? Uh, in the they're, Discord, they're I did go- not. I saw you posted they're them. They're a good batch. But I drove forever yesterday, so I... The titles up in voting for Discord are Raw Dogging in the Catacombs, <laughs> Justice for the Affair Baby, Where Nick Cage Will Be Died, A Religious Home Invasion, Critically Thinking About Mass Murder, and Virginia's Villain Era. No, that's all good. They're so good. Yes. Well, we don't even, like, usually do an intro on this half, like our, mm-hmm. our little chit-chat. I don't even feel like I can update. I I've, feel like I'm sitting pretty. I don't have to do anything. I've had some major major car issues I am going to share, though. Mm-hmm. So, we were no. heading 
to New Orleans Mm -hmm. from Mardi Gras, and there was an 18-wheeler in front of us, and it started drifting off the road. (gasps) They were, like, sleepy or something, and they, we were way far back. We didn't, like, hit them or anything, Um, but their tire went over the rumble strip, and it, like, Mm -hmm. peeled the tread off the tire because they retread those big tires, and it just laid horizontally over the road so like we could not go around it without getting out of our lane and the car next to us would not let us over and so we just had to like hit this thick tread and we just go over it like it doesn't Mm -hmm. stop you or anything but it does damage the underside of your car (laughs) and there's like a plastic belly pan on mine so it didn't damage anything mechanically Mm-hmm. so like we're all good my car works i'm okay, back fine okay. um but we didn't realize it damaged the plastic belly pan until we were driving the causeway to get to new orleans and all of a sudden we just hear like dragging like something <gasps> dragging on the road we're like it's probably fine like we probably just like caught something and so we get off the the causeway and we're, we're just driving in the area and we're like no this sounds like a lot of stuff is on the ground so we get there and the entire belly pan is on the ground (laughs) and we had dragged it the entire length of the causeway it was just what do um some guy walked up with a pocket knife and i cut off the belly pan with the pocket knife and i stuck it in my trunk because it (laughs) wouldn't fit in the gas station trash can (laughs) so i still have it and then it caused some more trouble because it was just like where i cut it of course it's just like a piece of plastic sticking out and there was other spots like that where it had broken off because it was just held being held on by like one more piece by the time we stopped Mm -hmm. to check there's nowhere to like i I know it sounds crazy to drag it the whole way there's not really anywhere you can stop on the causeway for people not around here um there's like the emergency pull-offs but you're like not supposed to go in those and you're not supposed to leave those without like police assistance Mm -hmm. because it can be hard to merge back on from those so we're like i don't think we need the cops for a piece of plastic dragging like (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to be late to what we were going to do stuff and so we just is more important than than the safety of everyone in the vehicle (laughs) yeah no simply yes so i it ended like we got out the car and it smelled it smelled like melted plastic and i was just like huh that's not a great sign but then like on the way back to lafayette which is a longer drive um Mm -hmm. it started making a noise and i was like what what is happening there's like literally no plastic that could be touching the ground and part of it had like popped around and was like hitting the wheel which (gasps) wasn't causing any trouble because the wheel was just melting the plastic Mm -hmm. like the wheel was fine it didn't even lose any tread but i had to stop at yet another gas station and buy some duct tape (laughs) and now my car is in tip-top shape and you can't even see the duct tape it's all on the underside nobody will know that i'm missing (laughs) a whole belly pan and have duct tape plastic away from my wheel oh my god (laughs) wow and it was all because that 18 wheeler I don't know, the driver was falling asleep or something because he almost went into the grass and, like, realized and, like, went back on really fast. And because of that, he shredded his tire. I blame the other guy more. The guy who wouldn't let you merge. That, too. If you see someone 
with someone in their lane and you speed up when they put their blinker on, you're a bad person. Yeah. No, yeah. If you're just then not you're just letting me over. Okay. Then you're just a dick. And we, like, slammed on the brakes. I don't understand when people, like, see someone slamming on the brakes. Like, why your instinct isn't to, like, see what the danger is. Like, how it was very visible piece of giant rubber. Yeah. I, like, don't understand why people weren't also, like, you don't know where that thing's gonna stop. It was bouncing around. Like, you should also maybe not be going 80 miles an hour towards the thing flying down the road. Towards the danger. He would have been real pissed off if that had hit him in the windshield. Yeah, or if it, if that did that to his nice truck. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Don't sacrifice new- me because I'm in my little Toyota Corolla. <laughs> not the Corolla. Are you going to get a new belly pan? I don't know because we don't like. Really, I don't know if dirt is the worst thing to get up in there. I think belly pans are a huge deal if you live up north where they salt the roads because then the yeah. salt gets up and everything and starts corroding stuff. But we don't have salt on the road down here. So mm-hmm. I'm in no rush to. I don't want to leave it forever. But yeah, the dealership would probably help y'all. Yeah. I don't know. I'll just have to, like, call and see. Hey, so I did something <laughs> silly, um, and there's duct tape now. So we Could all go a little... <laughs> we all go a little crazy on Mardi Gras. We all know this. Was My- Endymion <laughs> worth it? It was really fun. We were on... We were at a house on the parade route, so we, like, mm-hmm. had our own little taped-off area. Could move around, had our own bathroom that nobody else could go to, except two people did, like, try to just sneak past us and go in. And one of them was Whoa. a cop, so we let them in, but... <laughs> Jesus. Um, no. Mardi Gras a lawless land. Yeah, people were just like, I have to pee really quick, and we're like, you don't live here, and we don't know you. <laughs> like, you can't yeah. just walk into somebody's house. Um, it was great. We had food inside, king cakes, and... Oh my god, uh, one of Adam's cousins made a homemade king cake. It was Bye, I love you. magical. I don't know Aww. if I, like, I've had good, like, bakery-made king cakes, and of course, a bajillion grocery store king cakes, but that homemade one slaps so hard. Anyway, this is, I don't even know how to give hints, <laughs> an unusual death. Or something related to some unusual deaths. It has only happened like this that I could find this one time. And Spontaneous human combustion? No. Okay. I don't know how to give hints without, like, giving it away. I guess that's a bad way to say it. But I saw this on TikTok. Adam was watching TikTok and, like, scrolling through. And I was like, stop. Mm -hmm. Because he, like, went through the video and I was like, we have to see what happens. And it wound Stop. up being this. And it's it's really kind of crazy. It was a death that leads to some unusual things happening. Like, the death isn't okay. unusual on its own. But then the person dying leads to a bunch of weird stuff happening. Okay. So, it's like a really weird phenomena that it was just, like, a lot of things happen to make it happen. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know how to give hints for it because it's not that, like, like the Wikipedia article wasn't even that long. So I'm just going to jump in because it blew my mind. 
Um, this is all real. It's all a true story also, by the way. Uh, so, <laughs> Gloria Cecilia Ramirez was a woman who passed away in February of 1994. Okay. And, like, since that, her death has been classified as really unusual. Some people, like, okay. want to say it's unsolved, but we, like, know why she died. There's just some, like, weirdness surrounding her death. Um, okay. She is referred to as the toxic woman online or like in media and stuff. So give some hints of what's coming, but toxic. <laughs> yes. Was she so. just a really bad girlfriend? No. <laughs> I actually have no idea about her personal life, but <laughs> she could have been. <laughs> The, the so, plot twist is that she was actually just a really toxic person. Yeah. So, we're, okay, Gloria was sadly in and out of the hospital. She had severe cervical cancer. And on this night, she was brought to the ER. Mm-hmm. Uh, the major symptom she was having that they like brought her in for was heart palpitations. Like Her heart was beating really, really fast. They couldn't get it under control, so they brought her in. And this is about mm-hmm. 8 o'clock. Like, it's not late at all. Um, the paramedics were actually called to her house first, and they were the ones that were like, we just need to get her to the hospital. We can't get it under control here or in an ambulance. Like, we need to get her to the actual ER. Right. Um, by the time they get her to the hospital, she's super disoriented, confused, and she, by the time she got to the hospital, she was breathing abnormally, too. Um, and like I said, her heart was beating really fast. It was really abnormal. Um, and she was then quickly injected with three different sedatives to make sure she was under so they could do anything they needed to do to get anything under control. Uh, they were diazepam, midozolam, and lorozepam. I don't know why they all end in am, but... Love a good rhyme. It's sedatives. Um, so... The staff tried a lot of things to get her heart under control, but not much was working. Everything is just staying at the really weird beat and beating really fast. Um, and her condition was declining. And after a while, the staff decided to try to use defibrillators on her. Okay. And that's usually a last resort. They were trying some other things, uh, but she was under, so they, like, and the heart was just, like, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, it's not only beating really fast, it's beating, like, not on beat. It's, like, beating... So regular. Yeah, out of sync and stuff. So, kind of, that's super scary when you, yeah, like, someone's no. becoming so unresponsive from their heart. Um, and I can only imagine that, that like, feeling in your chest. Yeah. Jesus. Um, so, this is where things start to get a little... A little weird though <laughs> not the weird so they they start shocking like with the defibrillators and mm-hmm. a nurse notes that her body looked really oily like sweaty but but like almost with a sheen to it and like that's okay. not something like sweat might happen but it was just like weird enough to note mm-hmm. so, 
It sounded like someone was hitting my window. Oh, no. It's 10 in the morning. I know I'm not going to be haunted by a ghost or anything. Oh, I didn't think it was a ghost. I thought it was a robbery. (laughs) The wind has been howling outside my window all morning, so it's probably just that the, the wind has been howling that's why i think i'm so. haunted it's, it's <laughs> the wind has been going like outside <laughs> my window um all right but yeah her like and her skin just looked really slick really oily and that was an adjective slick S- slick willy and the and slick willy and the suggins gang or something <laughs> do you know what i'm quoting i remember that lie and i don't remember what it's from <laughs> the, the john mulaney bit yeah <laughs> of, of like bank robbers leaving a tag yeah you tell them exactly who it is Sorry, i enjoy no you're good um also at this point another no- nurse noticed that her breath which was still erratic like started to smell like garlic and fruit and she at least hadn't noticed it until after the um, the, sh- the shock. And okay. they, this is all super alarming. They're like, what is happening? Yeah. That's not normal. So they take blood to try to see what be- could be causing such weird symptoms. Uh, and the, any equipment that touched her blood started to smell similar to ammonia it's just like a super harsh makes your nose mm-hmm. foil whatever that word is <laughs> go up and uh like i don't know it just like all of it was adding up to be like why does this have a weird smell why does this look weird yeah, um no, this is gross um the blood sample was quickly analyzed because they're like what is going on we need to like stabilize some of this and it only Mm -hmm. caused more questions and concerns so they were looking at her blood in the test tube before they even like got it in a machine to analyze it and they could see that there was a bunch of unidentified particles in her blood uh they were small like kind of clear manila particles um and they were all throughout the sample they got um they were doing their best to keep her stable through all of this but she was in a really rough condition um and then all of a sudden while they're like rushing around trying to figure out what's in the blood one of the registered nurses susan kane hits the floor she's (gasps) out cold she had fainted and like out of nowhere no warning signs didn't get dizzy just collapses then a medical resident left the room feeling nauseous her name was julia gurchinsky and she was found by other staff passed out at the nurse's desk oh my god so like out of nowhere we have two nurses pass out they tried to ask if she was okay but they could get no response she was also completely passed out and unresponsive and then seconds later the respiratory therapist trying to stabilize gloria passed out without warning too yo so imagine being in that room and just watching watching people drop like flies that's terrifying and like you have this like having no idea why and it's like this is all happening really quick it's like they they use the defibrillators weird symptoms happen they're trying to figure it out and all of a sudden people are hitting the floor 
so yeah it is really scary and then to make it worse alarms start sounding in the hospital someone flicks a switch and the entire er and staff had to immediately evacuate not just the area but like out of the building into the parking lot they was had it to... somebody who was working on Gloria that flipped the switch? I believe so. Else? It wasn't okay. identified, but I believe someone's they're watching people pass out and they're they're they ran to get other people out of the area. You don't know if like a chemical spilled or like right. you have no idea what's happening. <laughs> like they can right. get no answers, only more like weird stuff starts happening. The only people left were people and protective equipment as a skeleton crew to care for gloria so wow she isn't left unattended but they have to like gear up to to stay in there um they continued to try defibrillators and cpr but sadly she passes away at 8 50 only about like after 45 minutes at the hospital so this all happened within like half an hour that's insane three people pass out within the same half hour period yeah within this time 23 people had gotten sick oh my god like other people in the area were starting to feel nauseous um not everyone passed out but there was definitely Mm -hmm. a lot of people starting to feel ill other people like some of the staff that didn't pass out weren't the skeleton crew and they like also left and started feeling nauseous or lightheaded um Mm -hmm. The people passed out also started to experience muscle spasms as people, like, were trying to move them. It was, like, I don't know. That's pretty common when you pass out. Like, even I've passed out from a heat stroke and had, like, Mm -hmm. where my muscles will lock up. But it was just, like, it just added to the weirdness that you have these people almost twitching while you try to move them. And it just adds to the, like, yeah, it adds to the, the, the grossness of it all. The pictures are really eerie, too, because for parts of it, as they're trying to stabilize things, they just have people laying on the floor. Like, you have people passed out, why people just have to keep working to try to keep someone alive. And so you have, like, there's a picture where, like, two people are laying on the floor with a doctor standing over Gloria. That's, whoa. Like, they had no idea what was going on, like, who was going to be the next person to drop, because it wasn't everyone in the room. Like, other people Mm -hmm. were just as close and were not feeling as bad or not passing out it was like just super weird um five of the 23 people that had gotten sick had to be admitted to the hospital because it had gotten so bad and so that was the three people that passed out and two other people Mm -hmm. had gotten pretty sick um gloria's cause of death was found to be kidney failure due to her cancer um they quickly contained her body and, like, quarantined it, disinfected the area and they, to avoid more people passing out. And so they could get the rest of the people back into the ER, like, of yeah. all the places to evacuate in a hospital. That's terrifying. The ER is pretty scary. Um, so they, they get the mess under control, but they have no idea what happened. You know, they're dumbfounded. This is unheard of and absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And so as soon as they get things under control, they're contacting people. They're like, something happened. We have to figure out Mm -hmm. what. Like, this is crazy. We can't have this happen again. So two scientists, Maria Azorio and Kristen Waller from the Department of Health and Human Services were tasked with trying to figure out, like, how her being in the hospital poisoned 
seemingly 23 people almost immediately from exposure that's insane also a hard task to just be like thanks for reporting to work today here you go good luck you've been poisoned (laughs) also a crazy call to the government to be like hey guys (laughs) so uh like yeah that's terrifying so they found some key factors that led to people getting sick the most common thing that it was anyone working with the blood got sick the fastest anyone that came in contact with her blood or any of the equipment that touched it held iv lines were some of the first to get sick um And then also anyone working within two feet of her body was also likely to get sick, but just not as likely as those like directly in contact with the blood. Mm -hmm. But it definitely like some people who didn't touch the blood equipment at all got sick. So it wasn't by contact of the blood per se. It was just like that was a general area of where things at least like the ground zero, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, They also found that women were affected more than men hmm uh whack so i will circle back to this but it like i they couldn't really explain why that would happen they just noted that it was just like this happened um we're not sure why but here's a piece of data we found and they also did blood tests on every single person that got sick and all the doctors or any staff involved that night, and mm-hmm. nothing comes back regular in a single one of them. What the fuck? So. What is happening? This is crazy because these two scientists from the Department of Health and Human Services chalked this up to be mass hysteria. You're fucking joking. <laughs> but, like, oh they don't God. even really explain why. Um, so... They're Bullshit. like, there's nothing in the blood. It's a lot of women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but, like, you have people on the floor passed out out of nowhere, unresponsive. Yeah. Like, can't get them to wake up, kind of passed out. And you'd be no, like... It's not hysteria, They're dog. in hysterics. Sorry. And I guess, like, you can say, like, oh, if one person passes out, someone else could get really stressed out and, like, have the blood rush from their head and pass out and then you have all these people get freaked out like no this is scary enough that they you know i'm sure nurses pass out all the time like because they're dealing with some heavy stuff i like props to them for even to be able to like take blood half the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) it it i'm sure let's understand like this having someone pass out isn't unheard of in a hospital Mm -hmm. It's different when people are dropping, like, flies. Like, it wasn't like someone saw someone pass out and then they got scared and passed out. It's like these people are getting so sick and then, like, falling to the ground. They're they're becoming... In a patient's room. Yeah. Like, collapsed. Multiple people. Yeah. So, this obviously upsets the people involved because they're like, Hmm. okay, well, it's not that. We know... (laughs) We don't know what it was, but we know it's... Okay, so I thought... Are we listing wrong answers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... (laughs) And, like, people were sent to the hospital, like, had to be checked in that they couldn't be stabilized. Like, these people didn't just wake up and were like, oh, I was just scared. I was just freaking out in mass hysteria. Um, These people were unconscious, having muscle spasms, and had to be hospitalized because of some, like, extreme complications. Right. One of them, the nurse, Gorchinsky, uh, 
she was the second person to pass out. She was in the ICU for two weeks after the what event. The fuck? Uh, she had a fair amount of breathing issues. She now had hepatitis, and she had a vascular necrosis, which is death what? of the tissues in your bones. What the fuck? Hers was specifically in her knees, so she's like, you know, having issues with using her knees and breathing mm-hmm. and she's like i'm not hysteric i'm like they can do tests and see that the tissue in my knee is dying like you can't just make that up um now those were the most extreme stuff to come out of it and she was definitely in the she was in direct contact with the blood samples mm-hmm. helped get the samples and was for a lot of the the time she was still up on her feet right next to the body so she definitely had probably the most exposure out of anyone and definitely had the worst symptoms um Mm -hmm. so she was very much like okay so they're wrong because you can't (laughs) your bones don't just die from hysteria um casual bone death so that's the name of this week's episode the doctors get together and they're like we need a new group like we need someone else to come investigate this because they're wrong so they get lawrence livermore national lab they hire them this isn't from what i believe like this isn't government coming in this is a separate Mm -hmm. lab tasked with coming in that they've hired it's not just the Mm -hmm. government like responding to a call um so they deep dive into this they're like we're on it we're gonna get to the bottom of this we agree that can't be hysteria so they they come back with some pretty intense stuff because they they're doing everything they can to get to the bottom of this. Um, now, it's a lot to explain, and they do a lot of testing. It's a lot mm-hmm. of, like, polling people that were there, getting samples from the people that were there. Um, it's a lot. I'm just going to go in and kind of explain their final reasoning, because it was a lot of, like, okay. sciencey stuff. But this is kind of the outline they wind up with after their investigation. Okay. So... This group, this lab, believes Gloria had been using an at-home pain remedy that was somewhat popular at the time, and this okay. is dimethyl sulfoxide. Okay. Uh, it's a degreaser that was um, you know, just, like, grease off the stove, grease off things, and you would just put it on somewhere, and it would, like, help with pain. And, like, a lot of people did this. This is true. It was used okay. as kind of, like, a quick pain fix at the time. Um now, it's not widespread, and they don't sell it for that, but it was just, like, one of those things that, like, works for some reason, so people will, will do it in a pinch. Um, the first sign to this is that it allegedly tastes like garlic, or smells like mm. garlic, and the nurses did smell garlic on her breath in the ER. Okay. Um, Wait, was she eating it? Unclear. Um, I think... I do know that, like, this kind of stuff will dissolve into you, so it might have been, like, mm-hmm. building up somewhere, and that okay. comes into play later. So this might have just been because it built up somewhere else in her body and was coming out. Um, okay. It doesn't necessarily mean she ate it, because I do know it, parts of it do, did build up. Okay. I don't know if it would still smell the same. Um, the chemical, it's a gel. That might also explain why Gloria was somewhat slick to the touch. Um <laughs> If she had rubbed it all over because she was having a lot of body aches and pains because she, she was mm-hmm. suffering with cancer, so it's not 
a far stretch to say she had put it a lot of places to help right. with body aches. Um, this is a pretty strong chemical. It's a degreaser, and it's not mm. one tested for human bodies, and human bodies aren't really designed to handle it. So they, like, they can't process it. It was, like, it was working for the quick pain release. Yeah. But like I said, this chemical was building up because it it couldn't be broken down properly by the body uh so her body was like absorbing it and a lot of it was building up they believe in her urinary tract um and this could explain why her kidneys is what were starting to fail right and eventually caused her to die in the er it just all built up in her kidneys and that makes sense yeah um then, when the doctors added oxygen, just like a breathing mass or something like that, the chemicals bind together to create dimethyl sulfone, which crystallizes at room temperature very quickly, which they believe is the unknown particles in the blood. Whoa. So. That's insane? Yeah, and it gets even crazier. They all... They, all of this is believed to be worsened by like hot body temperatures and then the ER is very very cold so you have extreme like moving of temperatures of this chemical so it's causing reactions to happen really quickly yeah um so then kind of the moment that that causes it all to to spiral out of control they pull out the defibrillators right and use it on gloria and the chemical is yet again forced to transform because of the shock, this mm-hmm. time into dimethyl sulfate, which is super, super toxic. It's <laughs> sulfuric acid. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so, oh, my God. Yeah, like I said, the ER being cold is making the shock even more intense to this. So it just kind of immediately switches this chemical on her into sulfuric mm-hmm. acid like all over in the air in her blood just everywhere um now this can this is a very harsh chemical definitely can cause people faint it's very strong when you smell it in mm-hmm. uh it definitely can kill tissue um and it's just, it's this is a scary thing to deal with out of nowhere um yeah so i'm so flabbergasted right now oh my god so this is what the lab came back with they're like this is what we believe happened and that's a lot but it like hits every nail on the head and you know it it pretty much explains everything without problem like there's no like but this wouldn't work like it 100 percent makes sense like this Mm -hmm. could happen now we don't have this all the way confirmed because by the time people were allowed to handle her body it was two months later what because they couldn't say for sure what was happening they -hmm. just pretty much had her body quarantined off and they're like if we're wrong you know we could expose more people to something dangerous like that we don't fully understand like we don't know if like you don't know if people are going to come back in three months and be like, wait a second, like, I'm starting to get all these symptoms that, like, took time to build up. So, they, like, for two months, nobody was allowed to deal with her body. Um, 
and by this time her body had decomposed significantly right and you um bro at that point just put her in the ground what is the point of putting her body in a room for a few days not a few days (laughs) a few months a few months but like at that point put her in the ground yeah i think they were just like it's so worried about like what the heck to have people dropping is so scary um so the autopsy says that this is definitely possible and like some of these chemicals there there, Mm -hmm. these could be choices of these chemicals but we can't get concrete answers um but because of the state of her remains they couldn't be certain with anything but they do say that that is definitely a probable cause like this definitely makes sense from the chemicals that they could find traces of on her body um her family disagrees with this claim completely i'm not sure why um maybe they believe she wouldn't be using this home remedy or wasn't yeah um like saying like oh she would never do something like that um i just it was common like why is it such a bad thing that she might have been doing that i don't know i think they were that's kind of terrifying to be like to have your daughter die and you're like no you can't have the body like yeah she caused a chemical outbreak in the hospital that was made 23 people ill that's yeah. a lot to, to to hear and it definitely wasn't widespread like this stuff wasn't being sold this is like going and buying car oil and rubbing it on you because you read it on the internet you know it's yeah. like it definitely wasn't unheard of at the time but it was nowhere near mainstream to do okay and so they might have been like oh gloria would never be that like unsafe with stuff um but it's super unclear why they're like yeah. that didn't happen and it's also like you you can't say what somebody else would do if they're in pain like and they yeah it's it's hard to say she wouldn't do that um mm-hmm. it also could be a thing that they believe the hysteria thing and and mm-hmm. that's a little bit easier on the mind to be like it's just hard to hear that about a loved one i'm sure to be like yeah. all this crazy stuff happened you can't have her body we can't bury her properly yet like it's it's kind of hard to hear like all this chemical stuff happened and then hurt other people uh but i have no idea this is all just speculation as to why they might disagree um she does get buried on april mm. 1994 two and a month two and a half months after she two died and two and a month two and a half months after she died in the er Jesus. People have since done research into the chemical reactions that Livermore Lab believes caused the incident, and they're peer-reviewed by many people from many backgrounds, and the reactions have, um, all, they're all, like, more than possible. Like, this- Consistent? Yeah, consistently, this could happen. Definitely under Mm -hmm. these conditions. These conditions actually probably worsened a lot of what was going on, and so we have since had studies gone into, like, these issues to mitigate dangers like this and like Mm -hmm. know the warning signs of it um and no better theory has come up no yeah it's hard to argue with something that checks every box and like after testing is like more than probable we just can't get the 100 percent because of the condition her body was in when the autopsy could happen and her family is disagreeing that she used that greaser in the first place and like because i'm sure if her family had come out and been like yeah she uses that all the time then like oh there's a hundred percent that and i don't think like they can't go check her house or something for it and yeah 
So, but yeah, that is the toxic lady. What the fuck? <laughs> like, that's insane. I, yeah. The picture like, was on the TikTok and Adam scrolled past uh, it and it was like, excuse me, go back wait, up. <laughs> what's her name? Gloria. Ramirez. Uh, let me see. Gloria Cecilia. I know that. Ramirez. Yeah. Oh, it's the first thing that pops up. Whoa. I hate that picture. Oh my Is it God. the one with the everyone on the yeah. ground? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, dog. That's what I'm saying. It's scary to like. Oh, and you can see all the people. Oh my God. And one lady passed out while wearing Crocs. That's photographed forever. <laughs> oh, here's a picture of the cream. Yo, that is crazy. I would say that these pictures are going to be in our Google Drive, but I can't make empty promises to you guys. Definitely, like, if you look up her name, they all pop up. But if you want us to, like, pull a specific picture, just text in the Discord and it'll, I will, I will hunt it back down. I have to, I'm going to update my Google Drive stuff today. I think, maybe, possibly, probably not. We'll see. That picture's crazy. I'm still looking at it. Yeah, oh my it's so scary. Just like. That's and like the, all the doctors in the the hazmat suits yeah doctors in hazmat and then like there's like three different people all passed out on the ground in one picture oh my god there's like not e- in in the picture i'm looking at there's like not even anyone standing at her bed because they're all unconscious yeah this one has four people passed out because you can see the three in the regular picture and then the somebody else's feet. Yeah. This one's also four people. Somebody's passed out under her bed. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even Yo. see them. Oh, my God. Emily, what the fuck? I just never heard of that, too, and that's, like, scary it goes to show Mm -hmm. like you shouldn't just do any home remedy because if it sends you to the hospital no telling like what chemical reactions can happen out of something that's just like a degreaser yeah yo scrolling through our discord chat is crazy (laughs) because it's literally just like violence um there's some bears I don't remember why I sent a bunch of bears. Um. Whoa. We go from bears, the headless horseman, a clip from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a meme about the asbestos in the Wizard of Oz. Like, we're nuts. Holy shit. I don't even know what to say. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know. It's an appropriate response. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I can't believe Adam almost scrolled past that. Yeah, I know. I was like, we have we have to know what happens. Like, how do you look at that picture and not go, what happened? He's not a a true crime girl. True. He's he's very scared. <laughs> Errol is too. <laughs> 
<laughs> Everyone was like, I support you from a distance, but I can never listen to your podcast. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. And, like, it's a, it's a shorter story, but I was like, I can't not talk no, about yeah. that now. Like, it, that blew my mind that, like, something like that could happen. Right. And it's like, I know it's not the same thing because it's a degreaser, but, like, it almost is, like, the equivalent of, like, you go in and you get defibrillators on and you have, like, sunscreen on or something. Yeah. And it's, like, just it's like, the chemicals in it. And it's, like, what if... You well, don't... Yeah, it's, like, you start to think about, like, well, what about the... Like, you said, sunscreen, the... the mm-hmm. Whatever. Bath and body works. Perfume. <laughs> like, what does this have, like, trace elements of something that's gonna turn into another chemical? And it has to right. go, like... to two different stages and it's just like everything happened at the right time to get that to happen the odds of that are also insane of like just exacerbating a chemical reaction correctly in quotes correctly yeah to the point where it becomes literally toxic was it a top like i get that it was toxic was it airborne toxic or i believe like with the shock it was vaporized like it was in the air like that's why people within two feet of her even if they didn't come in contact with stuff like Mm -hmm. the blood it was enough enough of it was vaporized to like be in the air and getting people sick so the thing with the blood the particles was that the second part of the reaction yeah it was like crystallized in there inside her yeah so it was like and like on the her blood skin. oxygenating is causing that chemical to become the second chemical, right? And then it starts crystallizing because it crystallizes at room temperature. So it's on her skin, seeping in, crystallizing in her blood, and is vaporized. Yeah. Wow. She became a test tube. Yeah, it's just like how how does it. The odds of that happening, like, perfectly to, to right. walk it up. Oh, and I wanted to bring up, like, I believe what the the second lab said is, like, why it was mm-hmm. more women than men was just, like, statistical bias. There was just a lot of nurses dealing with her blood, a lot of oh. female nurses in that, like, very close to the, like, like I said, ground zero. That so makes sense. It wasn't only women that were affected. It was just, like, they were right by the the main source of when it became vaporized and stuff and like had this chemical on them and right so it's like it's a bias picture it's three women and one male doctor i didn't even think that makes complete sense because like what there's like four nurses for every doctor like yeah and in a lot like there's way more female nurses than male nurses and Um, like, the first two people to pass out were female nurses. Yeah. So, and they were the ones working with the blood, and it, like, it all, right. make, like, it checks out. Because they're doing, like, the grunt work, like, dealing yeah. with the, the tests and stuff. That makes complete sense. Holy shit. I'm never going to the ER again. I know. It's like, if I have to go to the ER, I'm showering, <laughs> and I'm never <laughs> putting anything on my body ever again. <laughs> The fact that it was a degreaser is insane to me. How did that help with pain? I don't know. I like there could have like, been other chemicals in there that were like not the main ingredient, but were helping with pain. I just like 
reading about it, it it brought up the fact like that she didn't just make this up. That this mm-hmm. was something that was done. It just definitely wasn't recommended. And yeah, because it's fucking chemicals. It's like me coating my body in bleach and being like, yeah, it helps with my pain. But it is like very reminiscent of people like, oh, if you eat this, you won't get this disease. And it's like, mm-hmm. we can't, we can't just be doing anything to like hope it works because then yeah. stuff like this happens you're gonna like like it's i said car oil you'll ER be like oh if you put car oil in your eyes you'll never go blind and it will never be that extreme but it's stuff like that it's like yeah there's always home fixes to things and you don't realize how dangerous they can be not only for your own mm-hmm. health but then apparently crazy chemical reactions in the er and you get 23 people sick whoa did any of them die? No. Her, only her. That's cool. That's why I was like, her death isn't too unusual. She was having complications with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was pretty, like, late stage. So, like, her death is somewhat unusual. But it's, like, the stuff surrounding her death is where yeah. a lot of it comes into play. Like, these people don't die, but it's definitely, like, an unusual side effect from her yeah. death. Wow. One day, we'll update the Google Drive and the <laughs> picture will be in there. One day. One day. We'll have it for One you. One day. I might update my Google Drive today. I have, like, an hour before I have to get ready for work. And I'm already sitting here. Ooh. I that might be. That might no, I today. cannot do it today. <laughs> so, no, yeah. But holy shit! What did we talk about the first half of this episode? Frederick Bourdain. Yeah, I think. Yeah. This episode <laughs> was wild. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And it doesn't come out for another what three weeks? I think. Yeah, because the one that came out to yesterday was Michael Malloy and the Mountain Meadows Massacre. Mm-hmm. And then the one that comes out next week, I believe... No. The it, one that came out yesterday is was... The Nun. The Hope Diamond and the Mountain Meadows Massacre. Oh, okay. And then it's Michael Malloy and the Nun. Yeah come out next week and then the week after that is because this is 63 hold on hold <laughs> on i will get us an answer um do 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 that's 63 what's 62 where did my 62 dot go okay so the one that came out yesterday was the hope diamond and the mountain meadows massacre the one that comes out next week is michael malloy and the nun the one that comes out the week after that is i did the dancing plague and i don't remember what you covered what did i cover i covered an other oh you covered that um in oh yeah and then this one is frederick bourdain and the toxic woman and it's not going to come out for four weeks. That's crazy. I don't know if we've no, ever yeah. been that ahead. No, I kind of love it. No, that's and, great. Like, I don't want to jinx it. Like, we're doing 
good. <laughs> we have four episodes. That's never happened. After our three-month break. <laughs> That's going to be a good cushion for when you get into the Disney College program and are moving for four weeks. Yeah, and I have to figure out where to put my computer. <laughs> have you heard back yet? Do you There's know? a wave today, so... Today's the earliest I'd probably hear back, but it could be. They they have the right to not tell me until April, like it says in the thing. But they've been telling, like doing a lot of fast turnaround. So I'm hoping, yeah, that I get something in the next few weeks. But y'all manifest it for Emily. <laughs> this comes hopefully, out in four weeks. I just say by hopefully then. by when this episode comes out, I know. But if I don't. I'm just putting it out into the ether. Thank you. We have to manifest it for Emily that she's going to get into the Disney College program. And it's going to be another summer of updates in the Discord about just weird shit in her life. Yeah. I know. I wish I would have put more pictures. I was just like... I wasn't on my computer and I definitely like Discord more often on my computer. I would forget it was on my phone. So (laughs) The, The picture of... We still have your prairie. Oh my god, we still have your prairie dog. Um, oh yeah, I saw that the other day. I was like, oh, channel. I, can, I could just go put more pictures of prairie dogs. Here, um, the, the, my favorite picture to show anybody whenever I'm like, yeah, she did a summer exhibition in Ar- or in Arizona and all this stuff is the picture of the baby prairie dog with the whole cone on its head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because you sent me that one in the... You sent me, like, the picture of you holding the baby and then the picture of you gassing the baby. (laughs) I just didn't want him to be scared. Um, Maybe I'll change the Prairie Dog channel to... Oh, wait, no. It says this channel is for Emily's 2022 Summer Adventures. I was going to say, maybe I'll change it to the Bird channel and it can go (laughs) from Prairie Dogs to the Birds. I'll I'll just put this in And then it'll be Disney. We'll just make it the Emily channel, and you can just update <laughs> on whatever weird shit you're doing. I do have to... What episode did I talk about the bird thing in? Was, I think that was two episodes ago. Okay. Maybe? Or maybe it was the last episode we were... I think it feels like two, because this episode took two weeks. Yeah, I think it was the one we just the did. The last episode. When that one goes so, out, I'll, I'll try to put the picture of me with the bird. <laughs> The podcast is familiar with the bird lore. It's so funny. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Y'all, we have to end this episode. Oh, my, oh, my yeah. God. It's you know what? a week in the making. Thank you guys for listening. Join our Discord for title voting and talking to us. Um, we're posting on TikTok again. So yeah. So please like them. <laughs> Be kind to me. Um, I've also started posting, I don't know if this is a good idea, but y- when I do our TikTok comment, I usually are like, this is an, this is from episode blah, 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 so like people can find it easy. I have also started including a, a Discord link in there, which oh. it might be a good idea. It might just get us a swarm of hate to the Discord, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll play it by ear. The first time somebody gets mad at our TikTok and then joins the Discord, I don't know what I'm going to do. It seems like a bold move. It does. We'll (laughs) hope it doesn't happen. Um, Follow us on Instagram. Sleep well. 
you could subscribe to us on YouTube, but I can't guarantee anything good will ever happen (laughs) on our YouTube channel. It's just there. So we can have the name still. (laughs) Yeah, I reserved our handle. Like, the second the handles happened, I was like, got it. And then I logged out and never logged back in. (laughs) Done. No, no. My summer project, I think, while Emily is living it up in Disney World, is I'm going to get YouTube under control is, I think, my end goal. Jeez. Before I start grad school. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Y'all... The podcast is a whole ass third job for me, and you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. That's a good. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> have you seen Superstore? <laughs> anyway, bye. Bye, bye, guys. <laughs>